Welcome, everybody, to Edge of the Headlights podcast. My name is Rob, and sitting across from me tonight is no one. Marty can't be with us tonight because it just happens fall in a week where we cannot record together. So I'm going to helm this mysterious ship throughout this episode, and we'll see where it goes. And usually we talk about some random stuff. We talk about the weather, you know, dad stuff, but not tonight. So I'm going to kind of go off on a tangent, which Marty doesn't like anyway, but you can't stop me tonight, can you, Marty? Nope. No peep out of him, so I'm good to go. First thing I know is I usually go through all these internets, and I found a really disturbing story. Basically, again, scientists need to watch more movies. And this is one where Japanese people are actually creating cyborg cockroaches. Get this, folks. These scientists in Japan, they have a good idea, a good premise for using these cockroaches. What they do is they put these chips on them, and they have them go into buildings that collapse and find survivors. Well, there's been a movie similar to this. I think it was China or South Korea put out this movie. And basically, somebody in their infinite intelligence, usually scientists, sent cockroaches to this Mars... And they get hyper-evolved after 50 years. And they go around. Humans go there like, oh, we're going to take over the planet now. And yeah, these cockroaches that are mutated into man-like have killed them. So, again, it's a really good idea. And it sounds like a lot of fun. But it's probably end up badly the way human society goes. Then also, NASA is in the news this week, too. Because they have, if anybody has heard about the DART program, that's where they're taking a, a satellite and smash it into a asteroid that's near Earth. So they're like saying, no, we can deflect the asteroids now. So if they're saying that, that means they must know an asteroid is on its way to hit us, and they're like, yeah, we can deflect it now. Because it's just a, it's my paranoid nature that, I don't know, what do you guys think? Because it's just, why would NASA spend millions and millions of dollars to crash another satellite into an asteroid that's nowhere near us? Unless you're doing a test run on something that's eventually or soon going to happen. It's just like, it's like predictive programming. Why are they doing this stuff, wasting money on what we think is frivolous when they could have used that rocket to go back to the moon, set up a base, and we can already be on the fucking moon. But no, let's go ahead and crash a satellite into another asteroid to see if we can deflect it. That's kind of what, I don't know, it just doesn't make any sense to me at all. So, this is going to be a really quick news update and all that. And now we're going to get into the main program. Alright folks, we're going to get into tonight's topic. Since it's just me here alone, you're going to have to listen to some of my ravelings and uh, my not being squared away on my notes. But, we're going to talk about triangles again tonight. Well, yeah. We're going to talk about, not the Bermuda Triangle, the Devil's Triangle, or the Dragon's Sea, dra Dragon's Triangle. We're going to talk about a little lesser known one called the Bass Strait Triangle. The Bass Strait Triangle is the waters that separate the states of Victoria and Tasmania, including Bass Strait in southeastern Australia. The term Bass Strait Triangle was inspired by the Bermuda Triangle. It appears to have been first used following the Blintec disappearance in 1978. Although the region has had a bad reputation, but never ascribed to supernatural forces, however, long before that yeah I don't understand that basically it's had a bad reputation but supernatural forces have never never scientists say been attributed to this the Bass Strait is generally a shallow average sea stretch of water is approximately 300 
kilometers wide and 200 kilometers from the north to south. Average depth is about 160 feet and encompassed by the entire northern coastline of Tasmania and the Victoria Central on the eastern coast. The prevailing winds and currents are westerly, later divided by King Island, Tasmania at the western entrance to the strait, causing unpredictable sea conditions, especially when strong winds occur. For example, strong winds, southerly winds can cause a south-northerly current reflecting from the Victoria coast. A combination of wind currents, tidal flow, and a shallow bottom often lead to tall waves, often of short length, with a confused short swell often conflicting in direction. Okay, folks, I'm going to try and break this down. I'm not a sailor, but basically you have powerful short waves that you come at you, they come back, they go back and forth. That's what I'm assuming that's what that means, because I'm taking this all from Wikipedia right now. All shipping to the busy ports of Melbourne, Stanley, Burnie, Davenport, Bell Bay, and Launceston, and the Bass Strait Islands, such as King Island and Flinders Island, must pass through the Bass Strait. It is also the road route of choice for many ships passing from the Australian west to east coast. Most air traffic between Tasmania and the Australian mainland flies at least over a part or adjacent to it. Well, there has been some incidents, and they mentioned just by name the Valentic one. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. But there has been other ones that have happened in this in this Bass Strait Triangle. For example, in 1958, the British warship HMS Her Majesty's Service, Sapo, disappeared with well over 100 lives lost and no positively identified wreckage located. All right. Now, if you go back to what Wikipedia told us, this is only 160 feet deep, folks. This is a very shallow seaway. Something like that you think that would wash up pretty easy, or at least would float, because back then there would be a lot of wood, so the wreckage would be easily identifiable, you'd think, because they usually have the names on the side and some type of brass placard. So, And in 1906, the SS Ferdinand Fischer German cargo ship disappeared. Again, 160 feet deep, folks. That doesn't. That it sounds like a lot, but if you look at it like ocean terms, that's just like ankle deep in the ocean. That's very, very shallow. Again, nothing. No wreckage was found on that. During the then you go down. We'll say during the Second World War, several aircraft, mostly RAAF Bristol Beaufort bombers, were lost during exercises in the Bass Strait while on training missions out of an air bases. Mainly the RAAF base East Sales near Sales, Victoria. Uh, these accidents were probably caused by the inexperienced crew crashing into the sea while performing low lo- performing low-level bombing practices. A similar accident occurred over in plant. See, it says several several airplanes crashed into this bass straight angle, but they're making reference to how it was just one on land happened, so that's what had to happen at sea, you know. That reminds me so much, this whole story, if you really get into it, reminds me of Flight 19 that happened off Key West and the Bermuda Triangle. There's a lot of the same thing going on here. It's just pilots, well, I understand during World War II there's probably a lot of inexperienced pilots, but still, it's not like, hey, Joe, go with Joe here, but you both have never done any flight time. They gotta have, they have experienced people with them. It's just not like they just throw six guys together on an airplane and like, okay, go fly the plane. But I don't. I like the way the military or whoever's in charge says, "Yeah, this is just this happens all the time. It's a military accident again, folks." I'm gonna be saying this a lot. It's 160 feet deep. When a plane hits the water, it just doesn't dive in. It stretches out, and once it hits the water, the wreckage spreads more and more. 
Plus you have gas and oil that leaves a sheen on the water. And they'll probably leave a lot if they're just going just a short distance from land into the Bass Strait to do their practice bombing run. They would have plenty of fuel on there and that fuel would leak. It would give like a rainbow effect on the water. Then in 1972, a de Havilland Tiger Moth flown by Brenda Hahn and Mike's Max Price disappeared on a flight from Tasmania to Canberra as part of a protest between the flooding, protest against the flooding of Lake Petter for a hydroelect, hydroelectricity scheme. It was believed to have been crashed at sea somewhere between the East Coast and Flinders Island. Sabotage by pro-development interests were led. Basically, you're led to believe that this plane was sabotaged by somebody bombing it out of the air. I know it's a bad word to say, but... Back in them days, it did happen a lot more. Then in 1979, the yacht Charleston disappeared while sailing to Sydney to join the Sydney Hobart Yacht Race. All right, that's what bothers me a lot too, is because them yacht crews—they're—they're they're made for that stuff. They're like, if you ever watch them yacht races on TV, they're probably pretty popular on the East Coast and maybe the West Coast and South Dakota here. Yeah, we don't have yacht races. We just have like bass boats. And we go fishing for walleyes. But there, the yacht races are a big sport, if I remember right. Because them guys are, like, sailing, like, with their boat, like, at a 30-degree... They're, like, five feet from the water, and their boat's just hauling through water that's, like, waves five to six feet tall, and they're just cutting through it like it's nothing. Them guys can handle pretty rough conditions, I would say. But there's also other parts. There's a more natural... Like... Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot this one. In 1978, a Cessna, a Cessna flown by Frederick Valentic disappeared after reporting a UFO. If you listen to any other podcasts, I'm not going to go into big detail on this. It was supposedly this Frederick guy reported, hey, he sees lights in the sky, and he bumped into a UFO while in the sky. And there's like video, audio recording, if you can find it. And here we're actually crackling, it's like he bumped into something. But the flight people, the FAA, or whatever Australia is called, I'll just use that term. They're like, oh yeah, he was... um." Flying upside down and the reflection of his lights, wing lights, reflecting out the water, is what he saw. And he was going in a downward spiral, so he was confused. Okay, many things wrong with that, they're trying to say that. Because first of all, if you sit upside down, you ever try to stand on your hands as a, on, as a kid, and you felt your head start to feel like you got bigger and bigger like a balloon? That's because the blood is rushing to your brain. And he would notice that. I'm just pretty sure anybody upside down for any period of time knows that. So I'm pretty sure he would know if he was upside down and right at himself. So I don't think, I think he actually did hit something out there. And everybody else is like, oh, he just, he's a bad pilot. Because there is some shadiness about this guy's past. It was supposedly he wasn't supposed to be flying. He didn't file the correct flight log. But still, if he didn't do that, if he did not do that, and he was trying to fly somewhere illegally, you think he would not call for help or say, hey, I hit something while flying. If he was to do that, he must have said, screw it, I'm going to get in trouble, but I want some help to try and get me out of the trouble. Instead of dying, I'll just take a little bit of heat. So, I think he actually did see something. And in the natural world, there's a lot of things, like recently in the news in the last two, three weeks, it made a pretty good blip in the news, and it was talking about this beach stranding. In um, September of 2022, just last month, this is October now, a pod of some 230 pilot whales were stranded on Tasmania's western coast. Exactly two years, get this, two years to the day 
than a different pod of pilot whales stranded on the dam near the same beach. Two years. That happened on September, yeah, September 21st, 2020. Approximately 470 pilot whales were stranded at Macquarie, Macquarie Harbor in Tasmania. As of, Basically out of that, 470, 380 died and the 20 remained. But as the 230, two, two years exactly to the day, how, how coincidental is that? I hate that word. Know that, folks. Then on November four, November 2018, over 140 whales were witnessed stranded on a remote beach in New Zealand and had to be euthanized because of their declining health conditions. In July 2019, nearly 500 longfin whales were also found stranded on Snassel, Pennsylvania, uh, Peninsula in Iceland. However, they were already dead when spotted. See. Then you go on the morning, February 10th, 2017. More than 460 pilot whales were discovered on a crescent land of New Zealand South Island called Farewell Spit in, in Golden Bay. At the top of South Island with more than 40%, more than 70% dead by dawn. An additional 240 whales stranded themselves late on February 11th. This brought the total number of stranded whales to 656, making it the second largest whale stranding event ever recorded. About 335 of the whales were declared dead, out of which 20 had been euthanized. 200 refloated themselves at high tide, and a few were brought back to sea through human effort. Then you go to 1985. About 450 pilot whales were stranded in Auckland, New Zealand. In October 1935, about 300 pilot whales were stranded at Stanley, Tasmania. The remains were subsequently buried by the BDAL company. I should have cooled them guys around. In 1918, approximately 1,000 pilot whales were stranded at Chatham Island, New Zealand. The, this is the largest stranding ever recorded. 1,000 pilot whales. So if you put a rough estimate on all these numbers, you get close to 3,000 whales. So if these whales, you, okay, everything's, I would think, I personally think, I don't know what everybody else thinks. I think whales are pretty damn intelligent. So if they're going to go through this vast straits, I don't think they're going to be, and they're coming out of the Tasman Sea, because if you look at uh, whale mapping, a lot of them are in the Tas... Okay, the Bass Straits separates the Tasman Sea from the Great Bight, Bight of Australia. Basically, that's where the Pangaea broke away from Australia and such. But there's a Bass Strait, it's a shallow connector. Think of it as the Panama Canal. That's pretty much what it is between these two seas. So you have all these whales out there, and they're like stranding themselves. I'm pretty sure they've been alive long enough to know, hey... I'm not going to go this way. But then you have scientists, biologists get involved. Oh, they got an ear infection or something like that. There's something wrong with them. And they they project them to be like lemmings. I, okay. If, is anybody, if you look up lemmings, basically they're like little hamster-like looking things. And if you go into older cartoons, if you're like me, I'm in the, my 50s. And look at these cartoons, like you see a cartoon. There's actually a video game about lemmings too, I just thought of it. But Lemmy's like, oh, if one goes over the cliff, they all go over the cliff. I don't think the whales aren't lemmings. They're not going to do that. Because there's been reports of whales doing individual things, and they're all individuals. They're intelligent enough to think, hey, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to follow Fred. Oh, if Fred's going this way? No. Fred's got his own thing. I'm going to stay over here and stay in my lane. But also, too, you have a giant squid recently was found beached uh, in the Bass Straits. And this is like a giant's with this. It's like it's been there for a while. So, what do you think could be causing this, folks? 
I have a theory, like I normally do with all these shows, because all this ties in because there's been so many reports throughout the world recently because there's been such a... This, basically what I'm saying, folks, is UFOs are causing this. Not causing this, but could be a contributing factor. Because if you look at it, there's worldwide... I'm guaranteed if you, on the internet, almost every time there's always some clickbait thing if you're on Google, Yahoo, Ask Jeeves, any of that ones, internet, MSN, there's always something worldwide UFO reports in the Ukraine, everywhere, it's on a giant uptick. I mean, it's everywhere, folks. <laughs> also for South Dakota, I don't think we've had that many sightings recently, at least not that I've heard of, and we haven't made the news. But like, all the range cars, like Italy had a big one, Spain, Africa even had another one again. Then you had South America's always have them. That's just like a hotbed there. But like in Europe, and they're pushing some type of agenda here. They're pushing it. Like that made me think about with whales stranding and all the weird shit going on the Bass Strait. I'm thinking the Bass Strait is kind of the key to what's going on if you really do think about it in a weird way. Because they had the UFO, the Frederick Valentich, Valentich? Uh, UFO abduction, UFO incident, not abduction. He didn't get abducted, folks. Or he could have, and we just never took the plane. It'd be like a scene, that'd be awesome. If the aliens eventually do come, or UFOs, they end up like close cars out there, kind of, where they download all the people, and they drop ships out in the desert, and that. that'd be kind of cool. But I think Spielberg had a hand in that. That's going to happen. Then you have, let's see, Catalina Island, the Tic Tac video, they were all over the ocean, and that's very close to California. Then you have just basically everywhere, and you have. I don't know, folks. It's just there's something going on because why are we so more? Plus, it's kind of offset here too because if you look at it, we have spending more time worrying about space than what's in our ocean. We are we know more hell of a lot more space than we know about our ocean, and it's pushed at us through media that hey, look up, we're gonna go to space, we're going back to the moon, but the rocket keeps getting delayed. It's like the dart where they crashed. That satellite into a meteorite to try and divert it. It's just, why is it drawing our eyes upwards? There's two things, I think, going on here. Because if you look at one, they're drawing us eyes upwards, and subconsciously they're also putting out all these UFO sightings. Oh, if you look up, you might see UFO. That's what it's kind of a, that's what it, that's what it looks like to me, personally, what I think is going on. They're just, like, trying to focus our direction in one way. But then, oh, excuse me. The whales are giving it up and like, hey, you need to be looking down here at us. Because if you ever played the game Risk, you always got to start with Australia. Because that's the key. If you get Australia, you win the game. So sorry, Australia. You are keep One too many Risk games, these guys in the higher Espelon, like the Illuminati, they played Risk one too many times, and they're going to use you to the advantage. So buckle up, folks. It's going to get weird here. So why is it... I don't know. That's what I got, folks. This is going to be a short episode. <laughs> no, but I would have to say, all these you the whale strandings. My first thought was to go like with um, megalodon. You know, maybe a megalodon was seen because there's that recent school of fish that looked like a giant shark. Everybody freaked out. They're like, oh, giant megalodon seen off the east coast. But they want you. That's that clickbait stuff again. They want you to look at the article. When, once you read it, if you just look at the first two sentences, you're like, oh shit. They don't investigate it further. They find out after you read the article in the last two sentences. Yes, it was just a school of pods that just matrix into that. Basically, look like a shark shape. So, but, it, but these whales are indicators. Like, there's always something. Nature has a way of telling us something 
bad is going to happen and where it's going to come from. Example, you have animals, whenever like California where there's earthquake, all of a sudden you see all these animals just like in the city, there's reports of like, you see all of a sudden their animals and pets disappear and like they find them like five miles away, then an earthquake hits. That's no, them, them stories have actually happened. Like, hey, my pet just took off and he's headed toward the hills. Well, if your pet's doing that and he's been all playing fetch the ball, maybe you should follow him because something's going to happen. Animals are more in tune with our planet than we will ever be. Unless you're some of these guys that do ley line studies or they might be pretty well in tune too. But I'm pretty sure that if the aliens do invade, it's going to be Australia first. Because that's how you win the game of risk. So That is all I got tonight to you. And it feels really weird talking to you folks, but it's good. Especially without my co-host here. This is a short and sweet episode. But if, you have, if you're from Australia and that, send us some information. Tell us some of the cool UFO stories that I know aren't going to the mainstream media. I would love to have stories from Australia or Tasmania, or New Zealand, Ireland, or any of the countries that listen to us. If you got a good UFO story, email us at eothpodcast at gmail.com. We will gladly read your stories, no matter how crazy they may sound. We'll read them, and we'll take them with a grain of salt, and it's your story. But please send us some stories. We'd love to. We've got one recently about a shadow person we're going to be reading about here later, about in the next couple weeks' episode. All right, folks. Have a good night, and like I always say, fuck normal. Bye. Thank you.